Welcome to the Helping Hands podcast with me, Gail Louise Turner. On this podcast, I will be chatting to inspirational people and I will be finding out about their life story, their influences and how they give that extra helping hand every day. If you'd like to follow me, please go to my Facebook, which is Gail Louise Turner or on my Instagram, which is Gail GLT. Each episode of the Helping Hands podcast will be having an accompanying Spotify playlist with my guest musical influences. This can be found under Helping Hands podcast playlist on Spotify. Now it's time to sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Today I'm interviewing co-founder from the Hopes and Beams charity, Jane Wetnell, who's been there for about 30 years. I've actually spent some time down at Broad Street Crew with Hopes and Beams um, in the past few years, and uh, I've actually participated in the cream teas and also enjoyed a hot home-cooked meal. So today I'm actually finding out, as a children's charity, how they support the local community by making a difference to children's lives every day. Hiya Jane from Hopes and Beams. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. So um, I'm, uh, I like I said um, a bit earlier on on the introduction, I have spent some time at Hopes and Beams with you and things like that. But I'm I'm just talking to you about your children's charity today because that's what I'm interested in is your story and what you're all about. So so I'd like to know what is Hopes and Beams about and how does it work as a children's charity? Well, Hopes and Beams is about um, children that have either got um, a recognised disability or or have additional needs. So, and it's it's from children from very young, six weeks of age, to young adults. We've you know we've got some that are in their thirties, um, and they're all put together in very specific groups. And the aim of the charity is to try and make um, that family realise that their children can succeed, that that whatever level that is, those children can can be happy and and do lots of wonderful things that maybe, particularly when, when they first get diagnosed or they first find that the children aren't quite making the progress like the friends' children's children are, that actually they are still very special. And, and that's great. And that's that's what I like about it is you are sort of talking to all different people and, and you're helping everybody and you talk about them um, having disabilities, but but they are they are special. They've got their own sort of new unique talents. And I guess that with you working at a closer level, you, you're able to spend time with them and, and, and sort of see that, that, that they are special in their own little way. Well, the children first. So, you know, whatever, you know, those children are children and their their disability or extra needs come secondary. Yes, and, and I, think, I think that's nice to recognise that. So I'm, I'm interested in now. So how, how did Hopes and Beams start? It, it wasn't always hopes and beams, was it? No, we started over 30 years ago and we were called the Cheshire Academy. And there wasn't academies um, then in, in England very much. There might be an academy 
in a sport or in the arts, but the, there wasn't school academies. So we were quite unique with the name. So when we went um, in the sporting world to competitions, people knew exactly that, you know, we, we were from Cheshire, we, we trained in Crewe. Um, our other work with children in education and in behaviour and our work with families, because families are the most important thing when you think about it because that child lives in a family whether it's an adopted family a foster family or or a grandma um they they and they're as as important as the child um because if they can see that though that those children um are you know, have a future, because it's very difficult when you first have got a child and everybody's saying, well, they can't, they, oh dear, they won't be able to do this and oh, they'll not. Now, they are always going to have additional needs, but that doesn't say that they can't have a fabulous life. And how do you actually recognise their needs? Are they, um, are they assessed? Do they come to you before? Or do you have like a conversation? Or, or, or is that done before they come to you? Are you just there as like a, a reckon, um, for somewhere to go, for activities, or, or, or do they actually have an assessment when they come to you? Well, it really, it's all those things. Some, some um, children come just to join a club that has, maybe it goes a bit slower in that sport. We take the time to teach the skills very individualized because all children with with additional needs learn in a different way some might be visual some might be with pictures some might be verbal some might be that you actually need to do that skill with them and and we will do all those things within a class so some children come to join the gym they come to join the bocce they come to join the cookery class they come to join the art because Ours is a, maybe is a smaller group. They will have more assistance. And also there will be a mixture of our skills. There will be staff that are our teachers. They will be staff that uh, are specialised in behaviour. So there will be a team of us together. There will be a, um, either a sports coach or somebody the that is qualified that leads that class and then all us deal with everything else that's going going on and the idea is that that they can participate just like you could in an ordinary club but with you know just done it just done slightly different i just want to um look at that in a little bit more detail later but i just want to go to back to the the academy name so Look, looking at why it was changed from the academy because I, I i knew it as the academy but i now yes. know groups and beams what what sort of event actually made the name change well i'll tell you really we've been for the last we've been the new name now for two years it was five years before that what kept happening was because the schools had all become academies haven't they now there's very few schools now that are are free schools that aren't academies and we are in a an old school building that we renovated and people began to get us very confused. They, um, the, the, cause we're not a school. We do do education, but we are not a school. Um, and it became that 
it was it, it just became too confusing and also when we were uh, when we were we were tr trying to put in for grants um for some grants state schools can't apply for grants and it was very difficult to try and persuade them because our name wasn't Cheshire Academy and we are in a school building and if you type in our address it comes up as the school because of course we haven't got schools don't have numbers like you know like houses do um and it's been a school for over you know this building's over 100 years old that it be, we realized we needed to change only, only for those reasons that it was technically really so where can people find you then if they if they want to participate do they need to to ring you up is there an email address where where are you based because um you're based in the local community aren't you Yes, we're based in the local community because that's very important to us. We have to be in the heart of the community, even though children and young adults come come from all over. We have no we have no boundaries. We have people from, come from Liverpool, people come from Chester. We've got lots of people come from Warrington, Halton. We we have we don't put boundaries because I think there's already enough boundaries without without us having having that. Um, you don't have to have a referral. I mean, we do get, have referrals. The biggest thing is if we have a space where we can give you quality, then we are able. You know, we we can we can put you in a class, and we've got lots of classes. So we make sure that the class is right for your child, not the other way around. We've got this class and all children go in it. We have lots of classes and we, we age our children and we do so many various things that the class has got to be good for your child. Um, so this is the way you can either ring us on our phone number, which is 01270 We've got a, web, a website that's hopesandbeams.org. Now, if you want to search us on our Facebook, um, you search Hopes and Beams or you type in facebook.com slash hopesandbeams.broadstreet. And then we've got an email, of course, which is info at hopes and beams and it's it's all lowercase and and is an and it's not you know it's 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 the word and so it's info at hopesandbeams.org and you can put that for attention of jane or and and it will that we will make sure we you know we answer um the we answer any any inquiries um so you don't have to have a referral um and if you're passing you, you can ring the doorbell the idea is that we are as accessible as possible um but again we look carefully at your child like you said at the beginning for some children we do assess them because maybe they're coming because 
they are not in school or they've been to nursery and, and they find they haven't got the skills to be able to participate well in nursery. They haven't got the social skills or, and of course we have a department that um, is the, the head that runs that is Mrs. Shackleton. Of course, she's a fully qualified teacher um, with over 30 years experience. And what we do is we try and give children the skills so they can either go back into school or into special school or support them so that they can do, they can be the best they can in the setting that they're in. So I guess that's your values then. You want to be supportive. You want to be inclusive. You you want to yes. get their full potential out of them. And I, and I really, really like that. Now, have you had any um, sort of successes telling me no names? Is there any sort of uh, ch uh, child or young person that you've met that you can actually tell me their story and think, oh, they come to me. They, they, they may have had this problem or this disability. You've yes. worked close to them. Could you give me an example of, of that sort of situation? I can give you an example of a little girl that came and um, a mum, she'd heard from somebody else uh, that there was um, a place called Hopes and Beams that would support families and actually were not negative about, about their child. And this, this little girl was happens to have down syndrome we have all every disability here so there's you know it's there's not one disability that takes forward from another but she happened to be down syndrome and i actually thought when mum rung me and said could could i come and see you um just for a chat perhaps you 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 could you know and your team just give a little bit of advice so if we'd make so we said yes could you possibly bring the little girl along because that help is helpful well the little girl was in the mum's arms and I thought the little girl was a baby but she wasn't actually she was um she'd be about eight or nine months old um and the sad thing is and this does still happen quite often that um, when she had a little girl, the consultant said, oh, this little girl will never walk. Um, oh, you do realise she'll need looking after for the rest of her life. Um, so there was no positivity about it. And that that's still very common, I'm afraid. Um, and now I have to say, I was, and, and we chatted to mum, love, lovely family, and I thought, well, if we could get this little girl to hold her neck up, she'd be able to see better because when you're laying in somebody's arms, you you only see the sky. So you never know where the voice is coming from, from another person, because when you're laid back, you see upwards, you're not seeing, you know what I mean? And um, she couldn't sit up and she couldn't hold her neck up. So to be fair, that was the thing we thought, well, if we could help give her neck control and, and give her mum exercises, and she came four times a week just for 20 minutes, she used to cry and scream, but only because it wasn't because we were doing anything that is detrimental. She just wasn't used to being handled with by people and and... And we gave mum confidence because mum was mum really thought, well, this was it. So what what was so wonderful that actually 
she didn't do a lot for a long time. She got that she didn't cry and she was smiling and began to, you know, be really quite pleased. And then she learned to sit up. Um, then she's learned to walk. She's learned to run. She's learned to talk. She is now eight. And she's now a sassy little girl that puts on her hands on her hip. She waves a finger at the teachers and staff and says, um, when I'm big, I'm having a flat and my mummy can't stay. She can only come for tea. Oh, that's, that is so lovely. What a lovely story. And, 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 and I'd like to know, do, do um, for example, the, the little girl, does she also go to a big school or does she primarily come to you? Do you, do you work with the, the local schools to, to get yes, the yes. right education for them? Yes, we do. What, what, what we did with this little girl, um, she, isn't, she isn't a child from Crewe, but what we first did was we helped the parents to get a, to get a statement, which is so that her needs were down on paper, so that, it, it's a healthcare plan and educational statement. And what we helped mum with the with her local authority was to get one that stated what her needs were and they reviewed every year. And, and she needed speech therapy. Well, it needs to be written down because if it isn't written down, you won't get it. And, and she actually, as she stayed in mainstream because that's what, you know, mum, mum wished with very good support, and it worked exceptionally well. And and now she has just started in a special school, um, and because that's what she's now, mum, mum, mum feels is is right, and um, and all those skills that she's learnt. So we do support we support through all sorts of areas it's not just helping the family but if if the family needs help with contacting a consultant um con you know to get a package because it isn't just about us because it's because a child with additional needs needs support from a group of people it, it's it's not just about what we can do it's about what what is the best for that family and that child with all of us working as a team and do you know what and and, and that that is what i like that the, the teamwork and you and you and you're sort of assessing the need you're you're working with that individual person and and putting like um i would say like a, de a development plan together for each yes, one. yes you're working yes, with the local do. community and that sounds so interesting so um, your key people then, who, who, who um, sort of does what job role and what activity that do they provide? Because obviously I've, I've looked into your children's charity. There's so many activities, but for you, we, we, we want to get to um, and delve down into that sort of the key, the key people and the key and the key children you work with. Who would you say would be the, the, the key person and the key activity that, that you have there to, to just help one person every day? Well, I would say it isn't one key person because in every activity there's a team of us. Because we that that activity will need people from a team. It will need somebody that deals with behaviour. It will be it will be if it's an education class, it would be it would be Kate leading that. It would be my support staff. It would be the reason is because whatever happens. 
during that class, we want to deal with it now. If it's a child that's got a behaviour problem, we never take a child out of that out of that room. We deal with it there and then. The class can still carry on, and and the net and then that's finished with, and the next minute is a new minute. That's so so the I so our ethos, and it has never changed, is that we've we it's like we've got to find the key to their learning. So it's not that the child hasn't been able to learn things or the child can't do something. We've got to find the key to the box. And once we can open the box, we can then move forward, even though for some children it's, it can be very small, but that doesn't matter because we have no time schedule. We expect to support children for 10 years. Every child that comes, we we there's no quick fixes. We expect children to be with us and support them for a long time and their families. But some, I mean, families don't need to stay that long because it's about they, they you know, when they feel that we've supported them enough or it's time for them to move on, well, that's brilliant because we want children to move on. Because our aim is not when we look at a child when they first come, our aim is what can what can this child have achieved at 18? Even if a child has got profound disabilities, if they can make choices, even to be able to make their feelings known and choices, then in adult life, that's that that opens their world a bit more, doesn't it? And if you're more able, well, I mean, we've we've got now some of our older ones, and they're in university with support. So it it's it's about everybody. It isn't about the children that are educationally have come on better. It, for our children, it's about them being the best for them. And it's about giving them skills. If it's so that when they when they are older, they can they can be part of their local community. Because that's very important. And it's very important for a family. Because when families come, often what is the what is the saddest thing we see is that family feels very isolated and that family feels very alone. Because in their street or their avenue, they could be the only person with that a disabled child. And if your child goes to a special school, which is, is wonderful, um, but you are not going, you're not walking to school, are you? And mum and dad aren't walking to school chatting, you know, on the playground because your child is usually picked up by a school bus. So there's lots of things that families need support with to say, of course, they can make friends of, you know, of course, they can be part of your local community. And that's very important because let's be honest, children are only at school for a short period of their lives and they're going to live a very long time after and if that child can go swimming in the local leisure center can go to the cinema go to mcdonald's do that makes the whole family's life a better quality of life doesn't it and also for that person 
So when so they can come to you any age and and you and you work with the individual yes. child and the, the the local community and you and you sort of plan in that time and and you've got yes. this sort of development plan and you're continuing and then like you, you mentioned there that um the, the disabled child may struggle in in the actual normal society but you do have that support plan there to work with them and sort yes. of so they're, so they're yeah. not ostracized so Absolutely they're not. not scared to go into the world and, and be no, laughed at no. they, they have that support plan. No. well that's amazing and, and I really really like that so that so really then uh, continuing that the, the long-term benefits for the children on attending the academy what what would be your sort of plan for that and and like I said seeing their success stories what what are the long-term benefits for the children I think the biggest thing is that they feel proud about themselves that's very important. They don't hold the head down. They don't hide. They, you know, they, they, they might have a disability that's very visual or they might have one that's hidden or just need some extra time in doing something. Now, I think we, one thing we want to do here is to make them feel good about themselves because that's, that's very, very important. Because I have a disability, it doesn't mean that I'm no better than anybody else and, or, or that I'm not as good as anybody else. So I think we, we, they've got to feel proud about themselves and also friendships, having friends, making friends initially here between each other. That's a very difficult thing is, is, if, is to make friendships. And we teach them, how do you, you know, how, how do you make friends with somebody? How do you say hello? How, how do you, you know? It, and that can be quite difficult if you've got a disability, can't it? Yeah, I, I, I absolutely relate to that. And from a search, I can. I think it's really, really hard to make friends because if you don't have that, um, I call it a special power. If you do not have that special power and you are um, speaking to somebody with, with, without a special power or disability, they don't relate to you on that level because they haven't experienced. So I think by making friends there, they can take themselves into the normal world yes. and, and it's easier yeah. to make friends. Um, and, and I guess there you're not p- putting people in, in boxes. And I think that, no. again, that's the, the long-term benefit. And I really like that, that you are continue to look after and support and support these people so I want to know what are you working on at the moment so where, where are we now we're on May so we're just opening up we've, we, we were just going into a new stage of Covid what activities have you got in the pipeline uh, because it's all new now uh, we don't know what's going on what what have you got in the pipeline for the next stage of COVID? well what we've done is over the last three weeks we have very carefully brought certain groups of our children back and young adults we've had to make um, some of the classes a little bit different. Some of the classes of the older ones, we've, we've, the, we've only got 15 because that, that's the rules. Um, we've, we've put everything in place, all the safety in place. Um, we've not got any class that comes at the same time now. We've not got crossovers in our long corridor and and people enter and exit so i would say what are called housekeeping rules we've very carefully looked at and we've very carefully planned how carefully we we bring everybody back so there is some groups that we haven't been able to bring bring back yet because it 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 isn't quite quite allowed um but then there's others that have come back are tiny ones um 
they're, they're coming back at different times. They're still doing all the same work. They've got the same support teachers and the same staff. But again, for some children, we've seen they've gone, gone quite back. The, for some children, because they've not accessed for things for nearly a year and a half, some children have been able to get uh, go into special school. Other children haven't been able to. Children that have been in mainstream schools, some have been able to go in and some haven't. So for some children, we've seen quite a difference. Um, they're a bit more nervous. Their, their skills have not been as good as they were. They're a bit wary, um, but we will work forward. We, that, that isn't a problem, it doesn't matter. For, for some of our older ones, we've found that their mental health hasn't been as good as it was. They're, 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 so we will need to do a lot of support in that area. We will need to do a lot of talking about how they feel. Uh, I'll give you one little example. This is one of our older, older young, young um, ones that he, he's in the age group of our under 30s and he's been with us a long, quite a long time, but he's in a group 18 plus. And um, one of his family unfortunately died of COVID and he now is paranoid um, that his mum will we'll, we'll get it. And, and, and he can't go out. He, he's finding it very difficult to come out to places, to go places because he's worried that because a very close relative died that he, that could happen to his mum. And, it, and it's very difficult. Um, it, it, it's very difficult, isn't it? When on the news and all the figures about all, which is quite right, about the deaths and about everything, to try and put that in perspective, if you, if you have got um, a learning disability or you see the world a little bit different than we do, and that can be very anxious. So we, we've, we're looking at putting quite a bit of extra support in that area because it, it's, it's a different, like you say, you go, you go out and you're wearing a mask and people don't get near me. You know all the distancing well that's very difficult when we've been trying to encourage people to make friendships shake a hand and say my name is whereas you know it, it when you think about it now that's quite different and that's quite a hard thing isn't it people with learning difficulties or disabilities um some of the if you look at the i'd say the personally profiles you'd go through it and you'd research it for example on the internet and a lot of them traits, not all of the kids have it. Um, they have some, some of them are in the spectrum, yes. some of them are not. And everybody yes. um, might experience some emotions at different times. And then it's recognizing it. And then if you are a more able-bodied person with a disability or um, a special power, you can try and change that in yourself. But some people might not be able to, hence why they yeah. come to support. And it's having that sort of the right support network. And, and, it, and it, it sounds like you do actually have that there. So I'm going to um, uh, take this conversation in a little bit of a different scope now. So I'm going to go down to Spotify just to actually open up your Spotify song. So um, just to let you know, with every single guest, we go through um, 
we actually go through Spotify songs to sort of to see where the music comes into your your life and the and the story of the um the helping hands podcast so for you today it would be the hopes and being so i'm just gonna pull that up for you just now so um i've i've been looking at your songs this morning and just to let everybody know if you go to spotify and look for gail louise turner helping hands podcast playlist series two episode two hopes and beams you've chosen five songs here so i'm going to go through them with you individually and i kind of want to know why you've chosen them what meaning they have to hopes and beams and maybe what meaning they have to you as well so the first one was you got a friend in me from toy story the film great children's film that is so obviously it's related to your children's charity please please go through that with me well we it's a famous song from toy story and it's a and it's the love toy story it's a lovely character but also it's a it's about making friends it's about friendships and even in the toy story film they fall out don't they and and they're not friends and then they make friends again and it's about not being lonely and and often um youngsters with disability dis, dif, uh, difficulties find it hard to make friends and it's about keeping friends and friendships and also it's about families not being isolated families here meeting other families and they become good friends and they often stay friends for forever and that's lovely and that's and they support each other because they can meet each other so i think the the toy story one about friends and, it, and it's happy because here is a happy place. It isn't sad. It's not about your disability. It's about you. And it's about you being happy in yourself. And that's that's really, really touching. And I think um, sort of because I visited Hopes and Beams when it was the Academy and um, I, I met the adults of, of the people, um, of, of the children with the special powers, and I, and I can completely relate to that. And in fact, I love your playlist. So I can definitely love this one because um, I've always said that my favourite person would to be interviewed would be Mr. Michael Palin because he was in Monty Python and he did Around the World in 80 Days. Great man, and, and he voices the, the, the clangers now. So this song is from Monty Python, Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. Why have you chosen this song? Because when when families first come, they can't see that there is a bright side. They are often at the lowest. They're often despondent. They, they can't see any forward or future. And I think this song is, is, I think it is fabulous because what we are saying to them is, of course, there's a bright side. Things are going to get low. Things are going to get difficult. But let's see the funny side of it. Talk to families where their child is a bit older and they'll say, oh, yes, mine used to bite, mine used to tip that out, but this is what we did. Oh, but they don't do it now. And, and But they do something else because things change, don't they? Just like any child, something they didn't do at three or four and then they're doing something at 10 or 11 and, and then teenagers are thinking, oh, my goodness. And that's just the same for children with special needs. So I liked it because I think we have got to say, look on the bright side, and there is a way through at difficult times, and things can only get better because it can't get any worse, can it? 
I like that. Things can only get better. I can relate to that. And I think, um, and you're talking about the friendships and that's really, really important to me and, and looking on the bright side. So, and I think we, we all, all of us have, may have some little bit of um, special power there that we do struggle with, with making friends. And, and perhaps if we, we are in the, um, not happy with ourselves, we may push people away and regret it and try and get them back. But hopefully um, things are meant to be. And um I always think of that song and I don't know if you remember from Live Aid, Let It Be with Paul yes. McCartney, Let It Be yes. um, and things can only get better because what's meant to be will meant to be. And, and I hope because I remember when I was a child in the 80s, people didn't used to talk about disabilities and, no. and learning difficulties. It wasn't there. The support's there now. And sometimes I do wish that we got the support. So maybe and I don't know if you want to look into this to the future, maybe the adults need that little bit of support. So some disabilities may be recognized at a later age so maybe they need that yeah. sort of extra support that that's that's only but I like the fact that you're so positive and Monty Python is is a great series and that song I think it was on um and now that's what you call music album something from 91 I think the song is so I'm glad you chose that now song number three I believe I can fly by R Kelly now this is from the 90s why have you chosen this well this is a song originally from a sports film called Space Jam it's a film that the Looney Tunes joined forces with a famed basketball player called Michael Jordan. And it was it's to compete in a high-stakes game. Now, the film was very popular with children, and the song, this song is often sung. It's been adopted by the disabled world. And lots of disabled athletes. Um, it's played at competitions and the deaf world signed to this song. So it's 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 quite a song that is known within in, in the deaf world. And it's lot and, and they just love it. This is this, so this is why I chose that song. Just just a question then. So your your children and you, and your young people who you look after and, and work alongside, do they ever talk to you about how sort of music and films help them? Because when obviously you've been putting this playlist together, um, do they get that sort of stimuli, um, the extra extra help, um, helping hand by by looking at different um forms, so maybe television, watching that kids' TV or that music or playing an instrument is is that sort of service available at, at hopes and beams because i know they yes. do activities yes we we have film night once a month and what we do is we um we actually ask we we ask them to give us a list of of and, and we have two ages of films you have a younger one and the the older ones of course they want to watch older films absolutely right so we would ask for suggestions from both age groups and um, you'd be surprised films do make a difference and if for some children some children can sing the words and memorize songs but they find it dif difficult to have a conversation and you would be surprised films do films and music um help children um a lot even young adults especially and you and often people seem to think oh they won't understand what that what was the message in the film oh they do you'd be surprised to do and and no film film the arts is very very important to children that have got additional needs they can express themselves freely 
where they might not be able to in any other avenue. That's dan in dance, in in singing, because you don't have to be a good singer to sing, do you? No, no, I can relate to that. And and how do they get into um, general society? Because if you're working really, really close to them, do do you? I don't think release is the 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 right word but working alongside them to sort of help them in in society is a sort of a bridging program to, to get them across to work with normal people and to get them into the, yes. the the normal the normal schools and the and the colleges and the universities and then obviously into the workplace is there sort of a plan to do that there is if 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 a child it, it depends why a child or a family wants the child to come. If they just want them to come to a group and go home, that's perfect. But if we're working a little bit more with that child, we will look very carefully at each step. Um, like you say, going to college, perhaps going to Rees Heath, going to Pettypool, going to uni. How? Because it's no good somebody, if they've reached a level where they can go, because here we live in the real world. So if you could go even if you had some additional support it may be physically it may be because you've got a sight problem because you might need your work preparing a bit before so you could study it a bit before or it may be you need a signer um yes and if and if you're coping and doing well in our activities we will say to mum oh there's a karate club all this why don't you join them to the swimming so the idea is that we we do encourage when when the time is right that they go and join mainstream clubs um, and be honest with that club that my child, you might need to tell them twice or could you actually show them as well? Because there's nothing wrong with that, is there? Yeah, so it's different, different types of learning. So obviously showing right. them um, and getting them to practice or they might write it yeah. down or they might watch a video yeah. and it's having all them different isostimuli, yes. having all them different ways of yeah. learning. And and I think you kind of got to um, identify the individual learning plan. And I think that's a really, really good idea. And I suppose they book time with you to do that because it's not just about activities, is it? It's, it's about spending time with them individually. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't, yeah. Yeah, it isn't just about, about activities, especially if that if if we're doing a plan and that's what that family have, have requested and that's that's the stage we're at about what what how can we support you for the next stage for your child or if you're a young adult, um, you I mean you've got a voice. What is it you want to be doing? What is it that your family and perhaps us can support you? Because, you know, you might have a, a dream yourself um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that because let's be honest, we all have to, we want to aspire to things even if we, ne even if we don't, don't achieve it all. And I guess that, and, and I hope you don't mind me saying, so by by talking to you today and finding about your yourself and the children you help, I, I'm doing what I'm doing because I've always wanted to be um, a sort of a radio presenter on the side and talk to people. And I once was quite as a mouse and once I was a chatterbox and somehow all the life skills that I've learned, I've come into this podcast series and I, and I think to myself, how lucky am I? Because, you know, it's, it's about uh, spending time with you all and building that positive relationship and, you know, 
it is a great opportunity and we don't always get this. So I want to talk to you about this song now. And I like this song because it, it reminds me of a, um, a film, actually. So We Are the Champions by Queen. Why have you chosen this song? Well, people might not know, but we have had great successes in the world of disability sport. We have world Special Olympic champions that have that have represented the country in the Great British selected into the Great British team and then have gone on the world stage. We have got Latin gymnastics, rhythmics. We had it in cycling. We've got um, a lot of sports champions um, and that is one of the the songs that is often played at a national games at a world games they often play that when you're going up for to represent your country to receive a medal that's why i chose it but also even if you never could do that i think you're still a champion for trying and they do, and they do use the, the Queen and the Champions at sort of them, them big games in the end. It's quite an yes. iconic song, and yes. I think everybody yes. remembers that song. But the last one that you've used, Louis Armstrong and A Wonderful World, what is the inspiration to this? Well, I think that's more a personal thing for me. That, that's a personal song that I often put on. Uh, it, it, the song, the words of that song mean a lot to me because... Like you said during this podcast, everybody's got problems. Well, I can't speak Russian, so if a Russian person came to me, I'd have a problem. Um, we've all got areas that perhaps we're not as good at that as maybe somebody else is. Um, but I think the world would not be as good a place without diversity, without people with disabilities, because I think that creates compassion it creates patience it it makes people have a second think about something um so i i think the world needs to be made up of of diverse whether it's it doesn't matter how what it is it doesn't have to be disability it can be your culture it can be your color of race it can be anything and that to me is what makes the world such a wonderful place because it'd be very boring if we were all the same I, I absolutely agree and and I think you do sort of promote and support that diversity um in hopes and beams and I think that's amazing so um just as a final thing then have you been awarded any accolades and awards so you said you've been going for 30 years so what have you achieved in 30 years well, the charity was awarded um, the Queen's Voluntary, work, voluntary uh, work for Service. So what, what that means is that it's like an MBE for the actual charity. And that was for the what the support we provide, the, the excellence in sport and the support with families. And we were awarded that. And of course, we... That was lovely and we went to the palace garden party and we also had a special ceremony where we were actually given the award and i kindly um were was honored by i have an mba um so i went to the palace and kindly received my mba so that was an honor and really that mba is for everybody that works here because we're a team and and that's very very important that we are a team 
because no single person could do could could do you know what we do we are we're, and that's the volunteers the volunteers are as important as my teachers my staff because we've we we all work with the children and young adults so that that was a great honor to receive an MBA. So it's the kind of place that you'd never leave really because you are you are in, in your right zone and, and you're working with people and you're doing the right thing. It's a place that you don't really want to leave. Well, no, I think now, uh, my I think at my age in life and um, I've, we've been doing it for the for 30 years. No, I think, I think um, we've had to move with the times we've had to re you know re, we've never altered our research that the child is the center is the center um that will never change but we've we've had to change methods of teaching and and you've got to move with things have moved on haven't they in 30 years they have and i suppose with education and helping people in covid i mean this has been a bit of a shock to us but we've had to move with the change haven't we yeah Yes, and we've got to meet that change because we can't change that COVID happened and it is still with us. So what we've got to do is adapt to the fact that that is there and and we, we've got to accept that and then embrace it and say, well, we, you know, we, we, we've got, to, this is a new challenge, but we will have to meet the challenge. And along the way, I'm sure we'll make lots of mistakes. Well, never mind. We have to, we have to say, well, we won't do that. We'll, we'll try something else. Because at our place, there is not one fix. It, we have got to be willing to move the boundaries and keep and keep trying something until we fight, you know, and that's what that's what it's going to be like with the new challenge with COVID. We, we, we will have challenges that we've never had and we've, we've got to just embrace it and, and say, well, we can't change that. So we've got, got to, you know, move forward. I, I agree. And, and it's that open-mindedness and, and I'm working with people and, and, and hopefully we won't be sort of like lonely and isolated and, you know, your success stories and, and, and the, the mums and the family that come there and, and the support staff and yourself, you know, you are all team and nothing's set in stone now, is it? And I think we're yeah. definitely recognizing that, but thank you so much uh, for talking to me today, Jane. Um, thank you very much for spending time with me. And I hope to come and visit you for some cream teas at some point. And, um, they are my favorite and i love that the fact um we we smet, we pay a small fee and that and that um fee goes to supporting the charity and i love that so thank you very much for participating thank you very much well thank you for for having having me it's been very very kind of you and also it's been very nice to to talk to you thank you so much absolutely well thank you and have a lovely afternoon thank you i will Many thanks to Jane Wetnell from Hopes and Beams, a children's charity based in Broad Street crew, um, who are there to support the local community. Um, and they are actually providing a fun, inclusive, supportive place for the disabled children and those children with special powers. Um, they go and help support them and provide them with a safe space to learn, grow and develop. For more information on what they do to help others, you can telephone Hopes and Beams on 01270 255 355.